Welcome to Prof Podcast, Episode 1. My name is John Westfall, and as you probably guessed from the not-so-hidden title of this show, I am a college professor. This week, I'm joined by two contributors to answer, or at least begin a conversation, on a very complex question regarding the challenges that we see in our classrooms, but first we'll let you get to know us a little bit. All right, we will go ahead and get started. As I mentioned, my name is John Westfall, and I am an assistant professor of psychology and have uh, done a little bit of podcasting in the past, but it's mostly related to my previous life as a information technology professional. So if you are a listener of the Mobile Views podcast that I co-host with Todd Ogasawara on a regular basis, you will recognize some of the same stories, some of the same ideas, some of the same rants that I place there. Uh, we'll also probably make an appearance from time to time in this podcast. The main difference, however, being that this podcast is focused on my primary job, my day job, if you will, and that is trying to impart knowledge to the current generation of students, whatever age they may be, uh, and that's actually what we'll talk a little bit about on this episode after we get through the introductions. So why don't we get right on to those introductions? This week I'm joined by two people who decided to take up my uh, banner when I said, hey, why don't we do a crazy podcast about prof uh, issues and prof life? Uh, so I'll let them introduce themselves. We sort of are recording this mostly asynchronously right now, so I'm collecting the information, kind of putting it together, but in the future we'll have some live chats, some in-person conversations. But before that, we'll just get down to our two contributors this week, starting off with one of my friends that uh, works geographically very close to me. Her name is Stephanie, and here's a little bit about herself. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome, I guess. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and I am an assistant professor of counselor education. I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and a PhD in counselor ed. Um, and I'm really excited to be here, actually, as part of this podcast. So, a few things about me. Um, my research interests mainly, uh, I have two big ones right now. The first one has to do with the effects of acquaintance rape on college women. And the second one has to do with the career identity development of counselor education students at the master's and actually at the doctoral level. So those are a couple of things that I'm working on at the moment. Um, some non-work related things about me. I am a cat mom. I have a gigantic black cat. His name is George, like Curious George, because he's really nosy. Uh, and I've had him for about eight years. He's been kind of all over the place with me, and I adore him. He's great. Uh, also, I am big into health and fitness. I'm in a test group for a new fitness and nutrition program right now that I'm really enjoying, but that also means I spend a fair amount of time working out, cooking, and doing dishes. Uh, so it's part of my self-care, though. Uh, I think we work really hard at our jobs, and self-care is really important. It helps me deal with stress better, and I really just like it. It adds some consistency to my day, and it just really helps me kind of across the board. 
Um, also, one of the things actually that John and I have in common is that I'm uh, a big Star Trek nerd. But unlike most Star Trek nerds, I also love Star Wars. So I'm a little bit torn in that area. I've actually been sitting here today watching the pilot for the Star Trek, the original series, and thinking and contemplating how much this series would have been different if they had kept Jeffrey Campbell on as the captain. So if you were curious about what level of nerd you were dealing with here, that should clue you in a little bit. Um, let's see. Also, I love to collect vinyl records, old ones and new ones. One of my favorite things to do on a night when I'm off is to stay in and get something really fantastic to cook and a great bottle of wine to go with it and put on a really good record and just kind of relax and do that. So that's what you would find me doing, I guess, on a typical Friday night if I'm staying in and not going out. Um, So again, my name is Stephanie. I'm excited that you guys are here and listening and excited to see how this goes. All right. That was Stephanie's introduction. And as I listen to that, I have to point out that I have nothing really against Star Wars either. So I guess we are bucking a lot of trends on this episode already. The first that uh, all Star Trek fans hate Star Wars and the second that professors actually don't have lives and they just kind of lock us in our office at night and the next morning turn us on when it's ready to start class. Moving on to our second contributor, uh, it seems like graduate school for myself was not that far away, but oh, it's it's been a little while since I was a doctoral student, uh, and that's where I met the next person that will be talking with us. Her name is Kate, and her and I have known each other for a while, having gone through uh, some of the same experiences back in grad school, even though she was in a different track than I was, but we were part of the same department. And I'll let her talk a little bit about what she does and her interests. Hi, my name is Kate. I teach clinical psychology to doctoral level graduate students. My primary job responsibilities are academic, so teaching. I also supervise student dissertations and assist on any other research projects that the students might be interested in completing. In addition to working with students, I serve on several committees around the university within the department. Um, One of my favorites is the University Wellness Committee, where we get together and think of interventions and programs to help make our campus as healthy as possible. That directly relates to my particular area of specialization and interest, which is in health psychology. So my own research is in integrated primary care in integrating psychology into healthcare systems. I have active research projects currently looking at effective communication in healthcare settings, um, looking at human sexuality and sexual wellness, um, as well as burnout in the medical field and burnout prevention for medical professionals. Finally, I am excited I get to supervise students who are interested in primary care health psychology, Um, get to work with them weekly as they go out onto practicum and get their first taste of what it's like to provide services to patients in that healthcare setting. All right, now that you've met our contributors, let's talk a little bit about the question that I posed to them earlier this week. And it was meant to be a very kind of brief introductory question, first episode, but you know, you have to go big or go home. And so I, I had a very easy little question that was, what is the biggest challenge that you see in your classroom today? Um, maybe it wasn't 
quite a small question, uh, but I figured it would get some conversation started. So I'm going to let uh, Kate and Stephanie talk a little bit about what they see, and then I'll comment on that, and I'll also tell you a little bit about what I think is the biggest challenge in my classroom today and how I try to overcome it in some way. One of the biggest challenges that I see in higher education today is the focus on uh, points and grades as opposed to process and learning. So the students that I work with are clinical psychology graduate students and presumably you don't enter a clinical psychology graduate program unless that is your ultimate career goal. However, there's this tendency to still focus on the grade that you end up with as opposed to the understanding of the content and ability to apply the information in a practical setting. So more concern about the grade than truly understanding the concept. This becomes really challenging as I want the students to gain the skills to be lifelong learners and that for me, passion about a subject oftentimes drives the desire to learn more, the desire to go in more depth, and to think critically and to integrate knowledge into your day-to-day -day practice. So it's great that we teach an ethics class, and we certainly give assignments that students have to complete particular components of to obtain a certain grade, and that's very important. And it is equally to more important to be able to really think about what ethics means, to think about how the different ethical concepts and different ethical laws and statutes apply to your practice. How do they apply to your work? To want to dig deeper and to see how these things can be both applied, how you can avoid issues, how going beyond the assignment to really wanting to understand and also importantly to be able to develop a process that you learn so that when you are in the field of practicing independently that you can still solve problems and you can still find answers to questions outside of a specific textbook or course or assignment. So when I'm teaching I try to design assignments that allow students to pull on what they are passionate about with the hope that this will encourage more in-depth learning, more critical thinking, uh, more focus on the process of completing the project or the assignment rather than looking at the specific project requirements and checking off the boxes without being concerned about your true understanding of the material or how you might apply it. So for example, in health psychology, everyone does a paper on a health psychology topic. And if you love health psychology, that in and of itself may be enough to motivate um, you to do a great job and to spend lots of time researching and to really think critically. Um, but for the students who want to go into forensic or correctional work, it, it may be more challenging. So opening up assignments so that students can pull on what their career goals are or what specific areas they're excited about into the topics that I'm teaching. So how do you work on an integrated team and how does this apply to work in a correctional institution? 
helping the students link what their interests are to what the topics that I'm teaching are so that they may hopefully and oftentimes um, are able to pull on some enthusiasm and become a little bit more focused on the process, on how they're learning, going in more depth, thinking more critically, and worrying just a little bit less about checking every box to get the grade that they want. So it's, it's very interesting to me after listening to what Kate had to say about her students to think a little bit about my own. Uh, recently, I was teaching a class where we required students to come up with a topic uh, on their own that was applicable to what they want to do after graduation. So in theory, this is a fun thing to do. You're told basically come up with a topic. What do you want to do after graduation? Write about something you're passionate about. Write about, you know, and I even the project I say write, but it could be fulfilled in a number of different ways. But basically, what are you passionate about? And let's make a major work on that. Uh, and I had students in the first week look at me and go, just give me a topic. Well, why? Well, because I just want to write the paper, be done with it, check the box and get my grade and be done. Uh, so it is a very frustrating thing when you have students that you are trying to encourage, as Kate pointed out, a lifelong uh, kind of passion for learning. And they're telling you, you know what, prof, I just I just want the A or I want the B or I want the C. So just tell me what I got to do for that. And please just get out of my face with this extra like enrichment stuff that you're doing. And, you know, they're never that direct about it, but it does seem that uh, one of the challenges that we face as professors is trying to encourage learning for learning's sake versus just learning as a means to an end. Uh, because as one of my favorite quotes points out, there really is no uh, ends. There are just means. That's a Paulo Coelho quote uh, that a lot of people like to, to point out. Let's turn to Stephanie and hear what her challenges are. So the first question that John really posed to us as part of this podcast has to do with what we feel like, what is the biggest challenge in higher ed today? And I think that question is gigantic and we could spend hours and hours talking about it realistically. So uh, as much as I, the perfectionist in me wants my answer to just be all encompassing, I'm just going to go with the first, talk about the first two things that came to my mind when I was thinking about this question. And the first thing has to do with how our students um, learn and absorb information. And I think the way information is available now is so different than even when I was in school. And about and teaching our students to be critical consumers of everything that they read and hear, whether it's in classes or from the news or on social media, from any aspect, teaching them not to just blindly take in everything that they read and accept it for what it is, but to really critically think about it and question whatever that is so that they are not perpetuating fake news or false information or things like that. Um, because there's so much that's available at their fingertips now. They can Google anything. They can use Wikipedia for things. But not all of that information is accurate. And I think part of this is because I teach research methods that I am just more inclined to think this way. And, and I talk to my students about not only, you know, really being able to 
critique and analyze a research article, but taking those skills outside the classroom and into everyday life to critically analyze other things that they read and, and really look at everything with a critical eye. I think that is so important. And I think it's something that maybe it's not taught in the same way that it was when I was coming up. I remember learning about critical thinking very, very early on. And I just, sometimes what I find is that uh, some students, that's not a skill that they've ever really developed. And I think that that is just hugely important. That it's really part of what higher ed is all about, I think. Um, So that was the first thing that came to mind when John asked that question. The second thing was how students deal with cognitive dissonance and how to have and to teach them how to have discussions with people of whom they don't have the same opinions or people with whom they disagree because I think a lot of what's happening now thanks to things like social media is it's really easy to just shut people out of your life who don't have the same beliefs as you or who don't think the same way and what we need to be doing in the classroom is teaching our students that you can still have productive civil discussions with people who don't agree with you and learn more about their perspective and at the end it doesn't mean that you both have to agree and that that's okay and learning to deal with sort of the cognitive dissonance of knowing well I know that this person doesn't feel the same way that I do about whatever the topic is at hand but that that's okay and that we can still have a civil discussion about it because I think that's something that's really getting lost in in real life and even sometimes in the classroom as well so I think two of those issues um are big ones that are facing us today as educators. And obviously there are many more going on right now, like safety, predominantly safety in the classroom and on campuses and things like that. But those are really the first that two that came to mind when John asked the question. You know, Stephanie brings up an interesting point that we often take for granted uh, once we get out of school, we sort of don't realize that part of our education was teaching us to be critical about the information we take in. In fact, sometimes we look at the information that others are pushing around and uh, say, well, gee, why are they saying that? Or where did they come up with that crazy idea? But to kind of couple uh, Stephanie's point with Kate's point, uh, we sort of see this problem in higher education today. And I think it is one of the biggest challenges to try to get students to say there's more than just the objective knowledge that I'm getting for this uh, exam and in research methods, and I teach research methods as well. Stephanie teaches it on mostly the graduate level, and I teach it mostly on the undergraduate level. Uh, But in both groups, we struggle with getting students to understand that the skills we're telling you about to be critical about information scientifically are not supposed to just be turned off when you leave. They're supposed to be on kind of all the time when you look at all of the information that you're taking in. Anyway, uh, I'll add in my two cents on this, and actually uh, I'm kind of a bit jealous of Kate because she stole a lot of what I was going to say uh, when she was talking about getting students to see more than just the points or more than just the boxes to check. Uh, I do think that's probably the biggest thing that I see in the classroom today that's the biggest challenge is students who were raised in an environment of being basically taught the material that would be on the test sort of don't understand why they ever have to learn anything that isn't on a test. That about wraps it up for our first episode of Prof Podcast. 
I want to say thank you to my contributors, Stephanie and Kate, for coming on board this week. And I have two or three other people that are very interested in joining as well, so hopefully we'll hear from them in future weeks. Prof Podcast can be found through our website, profpodcast.com. So hopefully that isn't too hard to remember. We publish through Anchor.fm, so there are a number of ways that you can listen and comment on our episodes. So we're hopeful that you'll give us a little bit of feedback, let us know what you're thinking, and we look forward to being able to bring you more episodes in the future, maybe a few conversations in real time, and, of course, recorded segments. Thanks for listening. We'll look for you next week.